This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Presented by Legacy Precious Metals. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going and he's smart and he's strong and people love him. Not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone. Now, here's Roger Stone. Welcome back. This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC Radio. Joining us now, Mike Davis, former chief counsel of the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, formerly a clerk for Supreme Court Justice Gorsuch, uh, and uh, the chairman uh, and uh, leader of the Article 3 project. Some have uh, speculated uh, about the appointment of Mike Davis as uh, U.S. Uh, Attorney General. Uh, I think that would be a superb idea, but it's premature. Mike Davis joins us now on the Roger Stone Show. Thank you, Roger. Thank you for having me. And, and I'm too controversial and crazy to get confirmed to anything. So I, I don't know if Attorney General is in the cards, but thank you for, for that kind introduction. All right, let's uh, kind of start with the developments uh, in Georgia. Shocking new revelations uh, that Fannie Willis, who is the prosecutor uh, 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 in Fulton County, who has brought a case against uh, Donald Trump uh, and others, uh, claiming that Trump knew he lost the Georgia elections and conspired with others to, uh, to remain in power, reported now uh, being romantically involved with uh, the personal defense attorney, Nathan Wade, who she selected to be the prosecutor in this case, and paying Wade $645,000 uh, in uh, funds that were actually earmarked for COVID relief. Uh, your reaction to this development? So she hired her boyfriend, allegedly, who had no experience with felony trials. She brought in her boyfriend to run a very complex RICO uh, uh, case against a former president and 18 other co-defendants and a likely future president. This guy is not qualified. This appointment is illegal. It's a con there's a conflict of interest, obviously, when you're hiring your secret boyfriends. And then she got making making it even worse that she hired her unqualified boyfriend for the job. She was allegedly taking kickbacks from her boyfriend in the form of these lavish trips around the world. So she's going to face disqualification from this case. So will will her boyfriend, her alleged boyfriend, they'll face dismissal of this case. They're going to face bar complaints and and disbarment proceedings. And if there is any justice in this world, they should also face criminal charges, both in Georgia and under federal criminal charges for their obvious corruption. These kickbacks are obviously illegal. Uh, so that's how you think this relationship would impact the integrity of the Trump legal proceedings? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I, the fact that Fannie Willis appointed her boyfriend's secret boyfriend as the special prosecutor that violates Georgia law. There's an, there's an obvious conflict of interest. And I think that, that President Trump and these co-defendants 
should move to dismiss this case with prejudice, meaning the case goes away. Uh, even if the, the judge does not dismiss with prejudice, the judge should absolutely remove Fannie Willis and her alleged boyfriend from this case if these allegations are true, that they uh, that uh, that this uh, that this guy is Fannie Willis's secret boyfriend who she hired, and uh, and then there's the separate matter. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene sent a criminal referral to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, asking for them to open a criminal investigation of this matter, which they absolutely have the statutory right to do and they have the duty to do because you could not have a corrupt prosecutor like Fannie Willis is alleged to be and and just let nothing happen there have there have to be consequences these prosecutors have so much power and think about it this way Roger remember this outside prosecutor her alleged boyfriend this secret boyfriend is getting paid $250 an hour on this case so it's in his interest and it's in Fannie's interest that he gets as much money as possible, right? So he wants to build a complicated case with as many co-defendants as possible, which is what they've done. And he's enriching himself off of this. And so is she in the form of these kickbacks, these lavish trips. Uh, at the same time, evidently, uh, Fannie Wills has now been named, I guess, subpoenaed uh, in this prosecutor, actually personal injury attorney, Nathan Wade's proceedings. Uh, this is all getting pretty sordid. Yeah, I think Nathan Wade's uh, ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife is uh, clearly unhappy with this alleged homewrecker, Fannie Willis. And it sounds like this this spurned wife of Nathan Wade is going to haul in Fannie and put her Fannie in a chair and grill her about this relationship, about how she destroyed uh, how she destroyed, uh, Fannie Willis destroyed her marriage. And so this is only going to get worse for Fannie Willis. I don't, I don't see how Fannie Willis is going to be able to stay on this Trump case. I don't know how she's going to be able to keep this job. I don't know how she's going to be able to keep her freedom. I think she's going to prison over this. Uh, where is the Georgia attorney general? Uh, why, or, or maybe it's a premature question, but would you not think that the Georgia Attorney General would have some responsibility to act here? Yeah, he absolutely does, and so does the governor. Governor Brian Kemp, Attorney General Chris Carr, they both have statutory authority to open a criminal investigation when you're dealing with these officials in the states, like this Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, when you're dealing with corruption, they have these statutory uh, ability, I think they have the constitutional duty to do this. And I think it's very important that they do this. And if they don't do this, they are not doing their jobs. They're derelict in their duty. They are violating their oath to uphold the Constitution and the laws in the, of the United States in Georgia, because the law is very clear in Georgia. The Georgia statute is very clear that if these allegations against Fannie Willis are true, he violated several Georgia criminal statutes, and the, the governor and the attorney general are in charge of enforcing these laws. And so they have to order an investigation here. I don't know how they can avoid it. I don't care how much Trump derangement or Trump hatred they have. This is about the integrity of the 
judicial system in the state of Georgia. This is about the integrity of a of, of, of functioning government in Georgia. Now, also, we learned this week that uh, evidently Fannie Willis visited the White House to meet with Joe Biden's counsel. We, it's been previously and did so uh, prior to the indictment of Trump and others. It's been previously disclosed that Letitia James, the New York attorney general, uh, went to the White House, met with uh, Biden's uh, legal counsel prior to Trump's indictment on civil cases uh, in uh, New York City. Uh, and uh, it was reported earlier uh, that representatives, uh, attorneys working for Special Counsel Jack Smith met with uh, White House counsel. Uh, is this not the real RICO conspiracy? Yeah, that, that sounds right, Roger. And I've been saying this since the Mar-a-Lago raid 17 months ago, that this is clearly coordinated with the Biden White House, President Biden and his staff. And that's, that's uh, I, don't, I don't know how they could deny it. You had Deputy White House Counsel to President Biden waive President Trump's claim of executive privilege on behalf of President Biden. So that led to the unprecedented, unnecessary and unlawful home raid on President Trump for the presidential records. He's allowed to have the congressionally funded office of the former president under the Presidential Records Act. You have uh, Alvin Bragg up in New York who brought the first indictment. The Soros funded Manhattan DA brought the first indictment ever against a former president. And it, it was based upon this bogus case, this zombie case in New York, where they went after Trump. They tried to take a settlement of a nuisance claim, which is routine for business people to settle nuisance claims. And they tried to turn that into this felony case with multiple felonies to go after Trump. This is after the prior Manhattan DA passed on this. The uh, Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office passed on this case. The Federal Election Commission passed on this case. Alvin Bragg himself, when he became the DA, passed on this case. It wasn't until Matthew Colangelo got sent as a senior Biden political appointee in the Justice Department, the number two to the number three, got deployed to Manhattan from Washington, D.C., and resurrected the zombie case against Trump to bring that indictment. So you have Biden's fingers on... On the on on those two cases, you also have Biden's fingers on Jack Smith's case. It's obviously uh, his, Biden's attorney general Merrick Garland appointed Jack Smith, right? So that's 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 pretty clear that Biden had his fingerprints on that. With Fannie Willis, he had her boyfriend, her boyfriend build two uh, eight, uh, two eight hours entries for two thousand dollars each, four thousand dollars for two meetings that this Nathan Wade had on behalf of Fannie Willis uh, related to Trump's case, where Nathan Wade had two meetings with the White House staff, including one with the White House counsel in Athens, Georgia, before Fannie Willis brought this indictment against President Trump along with the 18 co-defendants. It shows you that these four criminal indictments by these Democrat prosecutors are being coordinated with Biden and his staff, including the White House counsel.
Could not uh, Trump and his attorneys file a at least a civil RICO case against all these prosecutors? Well, the pro- it's, it's hard to go after the prosecutors, but you can certainly go after the White House officials for doing this, right? Prosecutors get immunity, so it's very hard to sue prosecutors and judges. But for the non-prosecutors, for the non-judges who are involved in this lawfare, like Trump's White House counsel, um, and Trump's uh, other staff, it seems like that's not within their official duties to work with local, local prosecutors to unleash lawfare and election interference against their boss's chief political enemy for the 2024 election. This is obviously election interference. Uh, that would seem to violate the Hatch Act. That would seem to violate many other statutes, federal felony statutes on civil rights, um, obstruction of justice, statutes. There's no shortage of criminal statutes that you can look to to go after these bad actors in the Biden White House for this lawfare. So uh, we had these uh, hearings uh, on the question of whether President uh, Donald Trump had immunity for uh, any act uh, committed within the scope of his presidency before the Supreme Court this past week. Uh, Kind of shocking uh, that the president's lawyers did not raise what I think is a legitimate constitutional issue about the legitimacy of the appointment of Jack Smith uh, as special counsel, which uh, some argue uh, because he was not a sitting U.S. attorney uh, and therefore was, and was never confirmed for a position by the U.S. Senate. Uh, and because there is no statute in place uh, that gives the attorney general the authority to appoint a special counsel, that law having expired, that Smith's appointment may be legally uh, improper, I- illegal, uh, which would void all of his uh, indictments. Uh, why have the president's lawyers uh, not yet raised this issue? Uh, former attorney general Ed Meese filed uh, uh, an amicus brief with two brilliant law professors who are not necessarily Trump supporters with the uh, with the Supreme Court. But why have Trump's lawyers not raised this issue in any forum, in your opinion? Well, I don't know. I haven't had this discussion with his lawyers on that. But I would say if, if this is a jurisdictional argument that's being raised, it doesn't need to be raised by the attorneys if it's already raised by the, uh, the amicus briefs. And as you know, Roger, these jurisdictional issues are not waivable, meaning if Trump's lawyers don't raise them, they're not waived because it's jurisdiction. So the court will have to, and the, these courts have to make sure, they have to assure themselves that they actually have subject matter jurisdiction jurisdiction on these cases. And if they, they don't, then they can kick the case on those grounds. Um, so um, it, it's, I, I think it's a very interesting and compelling arguments and it could be a winner <clears throat> i also think that how i think this is going to proceed <clears throat> is this dc circuit with two biden judges and a, a george hw bush judge on this three-judge panel i think that this three-judge panel is going to rule against president trump on presidential immunity which is insane because members of congress are immune both criminally and civilly for their official actions through the speech or debate clause of the Constitution. Federal judges are immune criminally or civilly for their official actions under judicial immunity. Uh, Presidents 
are civilly immune, we've never had the chance to decide whether presidents are criminally immune because this is the first time ever with this lawfare against Trump that a former president has faced a, a criminal indictment for actions he took as the president of the United States. So the Supreme Court will almost certainly have to take this case and establish at a baseline level that, yes, the president of the United States, like members of Congress, like federal judges, are immune from, from criminal and civil prosecution for, for their official actions as the president of the United States, including the outer perimeter of their official actions, which is the current Supreme Court case law for civil immunity. And then I think the Supreme Court is going to remand the case back down to Judge Chuck and Biden, uh, this, this Obama D.C. judge, uh, to, to have a mini trial on the immunity issue to figure out what actions president took as the president of the United States, including the outer perimeter and what actions he took as a private citizen. And then Jack Smith is not going to be able to prosecute president Trump for what he did or did not do as the president of the United States. And I'll give you an example. The Democrats are complaining that president Trump didn't call in the the DC national guard quickly enough to put down the January 6th protest, the lawful protest that turns into a riot. And I would say that that is very much a presidential duty because only the president of the United States can call in the D.C. National Guard. Governors control the National Guards in their states. The president controls the D.C. National Guard, and only the president can decide whether to call or not call the D.C. National Guard. So he would absolutely be immune from that under presidential immunity. Otherwise, you're going to start to see the Trump 47 Justice Department Uh, looking at indictments for, say, President Obama, for President Obama's drone strike on two American citizens, extrajudicial drone strike, didn't get a court order, just ordered the the murder of two American citizens, including a 16-year-old. So maybe President Obama can face capital murder if we don't have criminal immunity for presidents for their official acts. And maybe President Biden can face manslaughter or felony murder charges for not securing the border intentionally letting the border go wide open and fentanyl flooding into America and killing American citizens or his disastrous withdrawal, his reckless withdrawal out of Afghanistan that led to the to the death of 12 to the murder of 12 American service members. Can President Obama now and President Biden now face criminal prosecution? Do the Democrats really want to go down this path? I don't think they do. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Uh, it really does have extraordinary Im- implications. Uh, Trump has begun making this point 
uh, in his public remarks and also in his social media postings. Uh, it is uh, it would put former and future presidents uh, make it virtually impossible for them to discharge their duties. Mike, on the question of uh, the Colorado Supreme Court uh, moving to uh, bar Trump from the ballot, then staying their own action, the U.S. Supreme Court has now uh, agreed to hear that. How do you see how do you see that playing out? This is where the Democrats jump the shark on their lawfare. There are two bogus impeachments. There are four bogus indictments for non-crimes. There are two illegal gag orders. Uh, that that all backfired. Their their civil fraud lawsuit for the not non-fraud of paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full on time has agreed with interest. Somehow that's fraud, and they're trying to bankrupt Trump and destroy his business and destroy his ability to make money in New York. That's all backfiring. Now the Democrats are throwing their legal Hail Mary, and they just want to take President Trump off the ballots, which is the most anti-democratic thing imaginable, that you're just going to disenfranchise tens of millions of Trump supporters by simply taking him off the ballot. The Democrats pretend like they're saving democracy by destroying democracy, and they're doing this through a bogus legal theory. They've dusted off this 155-year-old provision in the Constitution, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment passed after the Civil War. After the Civil War, we passed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to outlaw slavery, guarantee equal protection and due process to the freed slaves, and to guarantee voting rights to the freed male slaves. And then what we saw were these Confederates winning office. They were winning offices, like, for example, in the House of Representatives, and they were undermining the post Civil War reconstruction effort and the Union. So we included Section 3 in the fort of the 14th Amendment where you can disqualify those people who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States during the Civil War. But the only way you can do that, uh, according to a case by then Chief Justice Solomon Chase, is Congress has to, to pass a federal criminal statute on insurrection or rebellion, which, which Congress did. That statute has to have a disqualification clause. So you have a criminal statute with a for insurrection or rebellion, and it includes disqualification. You have to bring a federal prosecutor has to bring federal charges. A federal grand jury has to indict. A federal jury has to find unanimously find guilt with evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. The federal judge has to convict, and that conviction must be upheld on appeal. That's the only way you can disqualify. January 6th, Democrats and Trump-deranged rhinos like Kensinger and Liz Cheney, along with the Biden Justice Department, including Jack Smith, have spent tens of millions of dollars hunting for evidence of insurrection. It does not exist because how many insurrectionists go unarmed into a nation's capital, get to the Senate floor, take selfie, walk through velvet ropes, follow police direction, take selfies, and don't burn down the damn place. January 6th, was a lawful protest permitted by the National Park Service that devolved into a riot. There's no evidence whatsoever it was an insurrection. There's no evidence whatsoever that Trump incited that insurrection. And if there were evidence, Jack Smith, no doubt, this bulldog, scud missile prosecutor, no doubt would have charged President Trump with inciting insurrection under that statute if the evidence existed. These Democrat... Uh, you know, these Democrat, four Democrat whack jobs on the Colorado Supreme Court in a four to three decision just took Trump off the ballot, 
based upon this mini trial they had on an election challenge, uh, did not give President Trump the proper procedures and due process, just took him off. There is no doubt the Supreme Court is going to reverse the Colorado Supreme Court. It should be nine to nothing. But I fear that these Democrat appointees, these three Democrat appointees on the U.S. Supreme Court are not interested in following the law. They've become partisan activists in robes. Mike, what was your reaction to the announcement by a D.C. U.S. attorney, uh, Matthew Graves, that uh, he will now begin prosecuting people who didn't enter the Capitol uh, on January 6th, but were standing on the grounds outside the Capitol? This is outrageous. They've already put these January 6th defendants through hell, where they kept them detained for many, many, many months, sometimes even in very harsh conditions before their trials. They've been railroaded. Look, I've said there are three categories of people on January 6th. There are people who are there lawfully. There are people there peacefully. And it doesn't matter whether you agree with them or disagree with them. They have an absolute First Amendment right to challenge elections and protest governments. And that is bedrock in our in our Constitution and in our tradition. You have to leave those people alone. There are people who trespassed into the Capitol who should be charged with trespass. And the, there were people who were violent, and you should charge the people who were violent uh, more harshly, including Capitol Police officers who were violent, including, you know, if there were government uh, agents, FBI agents in that crowd inciting the mob, they should be charged as well. But what you can't do is have two systems of justice in this country where you ignore your BLM and Antifa and Hamas supporters, your abortion industry activists who are burning down Catholic churches and terrorizing Supreme Court justices in their homes, the trans terrorists who are attacking Catholic parishioners. You can't ignore your violence supporters and then send the full force of the Justice Department to go after your political enemies and label them all insurrectionists, which is laughable, it's defamatory, and then try to use January 6th as a way to take out your top political uh, uh, enemy, his top aides, his lawyers, and his supporters. It is outrageous what the Biden Justice Department is doing. They're, they're going after parents outraged by gender chaos in schools and the resulting rapes in high school bathrooms. They're, they're going after Christians praying outside of abortion clinics while they give amnesty to their trans terrorists and their abortion activists and their BLM and Antifa and Hamas supporters. And if they actually follow through if Matthew Graves, this partisan hack U.S. attorney in D.C., follows through and starts arresting people who were merely on the Capitol grounds on January 6th, that is the red line where these House Republicans need to shut down the whole damn government over this, because that is outrageous. I've, I've worked in the Senate where during the Capitol proceedings and other judicial proceedings where these Democrat activists, these abortion activists, chased senators through restricted areas. They screamed and yelled during the Kavanaugh proceedings. They screamed and yelled on the, the Senate floor. Not a damn thing happened to them. If you're going to go after people who are outside the building on the lawn and charge them with trespassing, screw the Justice Department. We should shut down the whole damn place. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I think your expectation for the House Republicans um, probably uh, optimistic. I'm still waiting uh, to see the rest of the January 6th camera footage, which the new speaker has promised us, but which uh, we still haven't seen. Most of what has come to light was uh, footage that was previously available. 
Uh, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, that's a very good question. What the Democrats, along with their weak Republican lapdogs, did to the January 6th defendants is unforgivable. Look, what happened on January 6th when people trespassed and got violent, that was bad. And they should be treated accordingly. But the, the fact that the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department, including the corrupt FBI, used January 6th to run the biggest law enforcement operation in world history to go after Trump and his supporters while they ignore Biden's much more deadly, much more destructive BLM and Antifa and Hamas and abortion activists, Planned Parenthood and trans terrorist supporters. It, it's just we can't have these two systems of justice where our, our judicial system does not have credit, much credibility left, right? And if, if, if Matthew Graves goes down this path of he, he's, he's going to go after people trespassing on the Capitol line, he can go to hell. He can actually go to hell. And House Republicans need to shut down the government over that. They need to impeach his impeaches, ass. They need to haul him in for oversight. They need to make it this as painful as possible because that is the red line. All right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Let me thank my guest, uh, Mike Davis, uh, former chief counsel for the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, former clerk for Judge Gorsuch. I'm very grateful to you, Mike, for joining us here on The Roger Stone Show. Folks, uh, I ask you to stay tuned for my great friend, Joe Piscopo, coming up next with Sundays with Sinatra, which is perfect on this cold Sunday here in New York City.